I'm back. <laughs> What's going on? It is Lucas from the Fantasy Football Fellows here. I hope you all have had a splendid rest of your week. Just me today. Uh, it'll just be hanging out with me. Uh, we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict earlier this week where Tyler and Cameron couldn't pump out uh, the usual amount of episodes that we normally do. So you get me today. Uh, man, I'm happy to be back. Uh, I'm happy to be chatting fantasy football. Happy to hopefully help y'all win some leagues. Uh, it could be a grand old time. It'll be a grand old time. So typically, uh, we'll be still releasing our normal two episodes every single week. Uh, we'll be doing our typical Wednesday release, our typical Friday release, which will normally just be Cameron and Tyler. In the meantime, I just so happen to have some extra time on my schedule this week where, hey, uh, I worked out that I can I can fill in for them while they both got to take care of other business. Um, so normally we'll have Wednesday and Friday episodes, which will be Cameron and Tyler. But a little new announcement, a little little thing we've been working on here to hopefully give y'all less scattered episodes and hopefully some more abbreviated, shorter, concise, and more detailed episodes too. Uh, we're going to have a Saturday episode featuring yours truly. Uh, because I can't be on the pod during the week I had offered up uh, since I have some extra time on Fridays. Uh, hey, I'll, uh, let me do a start set Saturday pod. Uh, and y'all can focus on recapping the previous week and previewing this next week. And I'll focus on the start sets over unders, so on and so forth. And they agreed, uh, which, which is which is funny because I think they like doing the podcast without me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, we're going to have another episode coming out so typically i won't be on the friday episode still uh but you'll be getting a saturday episode from me starting tomorrow which is exciting Uh, i'm super stoked to to be starting that that'll be a quick hopefully 30 minute quick hitter starts it over under uh, player prop episode for y'all so since i am recording this on a friday typically we record these podcasts earlier in the week so uh, we don't get to recap thursday night football but Man, it was the game everybody was waiting for this entire year. The Bengals and Jags. <laughs> Nobody was waiting for this game. What a what a crap primetime game that ended up being better than I think some of us expected it to be. Uh, Bengals won 24-21 on a game-winning field goal as time expired. Uh, I don't know if it's just me. I think we've had a ton of game-winning field goals this year. Um, maybe it's just me. I don't know. feels like there's been at least two every week. So uh, that's how we got our week kicked off. I uh, want to quick run through the Thursday night football game between the Bengals and Jags. And then, you know what, we're going to fly through all of these games happening on Sunday and hopefully get through it in under an hour. Um, I'll do my best to keep it that way. So, uh, yes, Thursday night football. Bengals win 24 24- 21 starting with the Bengals. I mean, we saw a real nice game from Joe Burrow this week. I think this was the game that as fantasy managers, we were waiting for, right? QB 18 up to this point, um, hadn't thrown for 300 yards. We saw him top 300 yards and he was 25 and 32 for 348 and two touchdowns. We saw him get outside the pocket a little bit more, move around a little bit, uh, handle some of the pressure, but also not be afraid to roll out and not just collapse. Um, this is the game we needed to see from Joe Burrow to, to remember how talented this, this young guy is, right? Um, he was, he was on that borderline fringe last year, but, um, you know, at the start of this year, it was 230 something passing yards 
and you know two touchdowns every game, which is nice. It's respectable. Uh, it's a professional NFL quarterback, but in terms of fantasy, uh, wasn't wasn't quite enough. So uh, to see that from Joe Burrow last night was definitely definitely encouraging. Um, obviously, they also want to get Tyler Boyd involved early too. Uh, nine for eleven, 118 yards from Tyler Boyd. Great day if you put him in your lineup. Should have had him in your lineup. Um, but the thing with that too is that the Jags seem just absolutely terrified of getting burned over the top by Jamar Chase. Um, he has his 144-yard hookup with Joe Burrow, right, um, in the third. But otherwise, everything was underneath. That's why I think we saw a lot from Boyd. We saw a lot from TJ Uzoma. Massive game, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and granted, the Jags are playing ahead most of the game, right? So they are playing, you know, pass pro most of the time um, and making – or not pass pro. Um, dry, you know, dropping the coverage most of the time uh, to make sure they don't get burned over the top when the Jags – or the Jags – the Bengals, excuse me, are uh, playing catch-up. But still, you could tell Burrow was looking Chase's way most of the time. His first read was down the sideline to Jamar Chase. Uh, then he'd come right back over to the middle to someone, you know, like Boyd, Zoma, even Samaje Piran even. Uh, got involved quite a bit. So, um, yeah, it was it was interesting to see how the Bengals attacked the middle of the field once falling behind and really getting Tyler Boyd and, and Uzoma involved there. So, uh, and, it, and that's kind of what we haven't been accustomed to this year because we've normally seen the Bengals attack the ground right away. Um, their game script has been opposite. Normally they've been playing ahead. So we've been able to see a lot of Joe Mixon in these games and it really didn't get going until the third quarter uh, when Joe Mixon had those three great strong carries on the way to uh, scoring a touchdown at the end of that drive to tie the game up. Um, but that, that's what we were accustomed to. We were accustomed to seeing that ground and pound Bengals run game. Uh, but we didn't get as much of that because they were playing from behind 14-0. They're down 14-0 and a half and had to, had to come back and, and score 24 to win that game. So, um, yeah, that's about it for the Bengals in terms of the J. Well, no, here's what I need to talk about the Bengals too. Okay. And, th- and this is a little personal. Because um, for those of you who don't follow us on TikTok at Fantasy Football Post, you should go follow us there. Uh, we're almost at 17,000 followers on TikTok. I, I mean, we're growing like crazy on there. Uh, so if you don't follow us there yet, go do it. Um, but here's the thing. There was one week in our, in our start video um, that we had posted, you know, players to start for the week. We had put David Montgomery against the, the Cincinnati Bengals after Dalvin Cook um, had only rushed for 60-something yards. And we had Bengals fans all up in our comments. Oh, dude, don't sleep on that Cincy D. They held Dalvin Cook to, to 61 yards. And my counter argument was, yeah, well, you held him to 20 fantasy points, right? Good job. Um, <laughs> then we saw David Montgomery come out. He put up 20 for 61. We saw Najee Harris come out against him last week. 14 attempts, 40 yards, 2.5 yards per carry. Uh, and all these people up in our TikTok comments going, oh, I told you that since you run deep, they're tough. They're tough. What the heck do you call 78 yards on 18 attempts, 4.3 yards per carry, and two touchdowns to James Robinson? Plus a 20-yard scamper right up the gut where you've been insanely good this season. Trevor Lawrence had a rushing TD on a read option. Look, I, I, they've been good. I went back and corrected myself. I said, you know, maybe this Bengals run defense is actually good this year. Maybe they, maybe they are going to be solid. I didn't think they would be, but they're proving to be they're proving to be pretty good. And we haven't been able to see what this Jacksonville run run scheme is actually like yet because James James Robinson got game scripted out of Week One. They fell behind to Houston early and just totally got game scripted out. And plus, Carlos Hyde is just the biggest headache known to mankind. 
Uh, week two, they weren't going to get anything done against that Broncos defense. That, that Broncos defense is just insanely good this year. Uh, Arizona's uh, defense has just been atrocious against the run this year. Um, Dalvin Cook had put up 131 yards against him the previous week, and then people have said, well, they stopped Derrick Henry week one. No, they didn't. <laughs> the Titans stopped Derrick Henry week one. The Titans stopped themselves week one, let's be real. Um, so this was like the first neutral test we actually saw for James Robinson in this Jacksonville rushing attack. So I don't know what this means for Cincinnati's run defense, because I was telling people to start Chuba Hubbard over James Robinson in our TikTok comments. And, uh, and what, what I was saying was if there's a silver line for James Robinson, it's that Cincinnati has allowed the most uh, receiving yards to running backs this season. It was the exact opposite. James Robinson had his way 18 attempts for again, 78 yards and two touchdowns. They got rolled on the ground last night. So that one's just for, for all the, the Bengals fans up in our comments on TikTok. Um, I, I don't know what this means. I don't know if you, I like, I don't know if Jacksonville just needs to, is like actually an insanely good run team. And we just have choose, chosen not to acknowledge it because they're so bad, but just some initial thoughts on that. So um, I want to go back to Trevor Lawrence though. Uh, now that we did our bit on James Robinson, um, I want to go back to Trevor. It wasn't a terrible night for him. 17 and 24, 204 yards plus that, that rushing touchdown on that option that I mentioned. Uh, but <laughs> I need to ask this question first. Is Trevor Lawrence the least exciting QB in the NFL right now? And, not, and this isn't from like a, a play style or performance perspective or anything like that. Um, look, he's a rookie. He's going to find his way, right? Like, I don't think we were expecting him to be like dynamite coming out right away, you know, higher expectations than most, but that's, that's not what I'm getting at here. So when he scored on that, that rushing touchdown, <laughs> you know, they score and then, you know, the camera is, you know, on Fox gets all right up close to them. You know, they get that, you know, slightly like above the right below the body kind of headshot and everybody, you know, celebrating it. <laughs> Normally someone's doing some, you know, fun dance or celebration. You, you just see Trevor, he just tries to kind of tosses the football down and all, all he says is get out of here. Kind of quietly. no. <laughs> no no swagger or anything no fine it just just get out of here you know smacks a couple helmets and then runs back over to the sideline as if like nothing actually happened right <laughs> just just get out of here <laughs> anyways i i found that hilarious like it was like the least exciting touchdown celebration you could have done and get out of here <laughs> anyways uh look trevor has these flashes of brilliance though when he's playing right he had that 50 yard bomb chenault in the second on a seemingly busted play and he had that beautiful oh man that sideline toe tapper to agnew in the third was was gorgeous um but he also has these like super head scratching moments um where he looks so much like a rookie right tries to step up in the non-existent pocket on on a third down and this was in the third quarter too and, and delivers like a panic bullet check down to james robinson which just flies right through his hands right um I mean, I think the reality of that is there's just so many hurdles in this Jacksonville organization, the front office, brand new head coach and, and coaching staff, really. They're just a less talented team in general. I mean, if I'm being honest, it's really showing through his play, right? Um, Trevor's struggling. And I don't think any of us expected him to struggle this much because we just kind of put these expectations on him like the best prospect since Andrew Luck, right? Like he'll be fine. But this team is bad. They got a lot of issues, and I think it's kind of showing through Trevor Lawrence's play. So lastly, the last thing I want to touch on for uh, the Jags, and then I need to get to um, all the Sunday slate and, and Monday game too. Um, 
last thing is I don't know if we'll ever know which Jacksonville Jaguars start. And now granted DJ Turk got injured and is likely done for the year now. Um, so that kind of helps limit the options, but it seemed like Marvin Jones Jr. was trending towards the safest play for this team, right? Uh, three three receptions last night for 24 yards. Yikes. It was at least 12 points in every single game prior to. LaVisca Chanel, six, uh, six receptions on seven targets for 99 yards. He had that 50-yard bomb in there, but still. Take out that 50 yards in a reception, we'll just say it never happened, right? And I don't want to do this, but still, I mean, five for four yet, still 10 fantasy points. It's not great, but it's better than Marvin Jones, right? There were nine different Jaguars players last night that caught a pass, and six of them only had one reception. So I'm not sure what to make of that. Maybe it's just like an in-game adjustment to try and replace, you know, DJ Chark's production, right? Um, But they got Dan Arnold in there now. Uh, Jacob Hollister caught a pass. There was a bunch of other Agnew was in there catching passes, right? Look, Marvin Jones was a top 25 wide receiver the first three weeks and had 12 fantasy points, like I said, in each of those games. But so I'm not panicking on him yet, but also like this was the prime game for him to solidify his worth on fantasy teams. And it just got a bit foggy again of, can I trust Marvin Jones in my lineup every week? So anyways, there, there's a lot of foggy points, I think, that kind of come out of this game. But, but the good things I think that we can take away are James Robinson, I think, is finally going to become a thing again. Uh, after the first couple of weeks, it was just like, you're just being risk adverse and not starting him. So you have that. Um, and I think well, we, we needed to see that game from Joe Burrow um, to really solidify his, um, his role in the fantasy football teams again, essentially, right? He's a, he's a valid streaming option again now. So I think those are the two big takeaways we can take away from that game. Um, so let's get into the week four preview. We got a lot of games to go through here, a lot of games. So I'm not going to be able to go in depth on all these games as much as I'd like to, but I'm going to do my can uh, the best I can to, to cruise through all these games, uh, give you something that I'm looking for, um, give you a little over under, hopefully uh, not over under. Um, no, I will, I will give you over under on the final score. So I'll give you the prop on uh, the total score, whether I think it'll be over under that. Uh, and again, something that some things that I'm watching for um, that you might want to make changes to your lineup based on. Um, so don't get too in depth with individual players here, but um, there are some where I think it's worth um, putting them in your lineup or benching them this week based on, based on my thoughts here. So, uh, let's start with the Titans at the Jets. Uh, over under on that game on DraftKings is at 45 points. And starting with the Titans, uh, it was just a little bit ago uh, before I started recording. Uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones are both ruled out for Sunday. So Ryan Tannehill's value does take a hit because of that. Um, he's already on, uh, spoiler alert for tomorrow's episode, he's already on our sit list. So I just took out an H there. And I, this is why I say bench jumps, right? This is, he's on our, he's on our bench list. Um, <laughs> uh, Ryan Tannehill's on our bench list. Anyways, um, the Jets are allowing the third fewest points, fantasy quarterback or fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Third fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. However, <laughs> the Jets are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to running backs this year. Chris McCaffrey had 98 yards week one. Damian Harris had 62 yards and a touchdown week two. And Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams combined for 89 yards and two touchdowns in week three. 
it's gonna be a massive Derrick Henry game. Okay. It, it's not that it's not that the, this Jets defense is like really good, right? Uh like if you start Ryan Tannehill this week against the Jets, I'm not I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. I just think this game script is not gonna be in the favor of of a Ryan Tannehill needing to throw the ball 35 times. I think it's gonna be a, a huge Derrick Henry game. His projection is 107 yards and a touchdown. I'd be willing to go 125 yards and a touchdown. That might be a little bold, but I mean, seriously, I think I think you can expect a massive, massive game from Derrick Henry. And this is how it's gone before. The Titans played the Jaguars, I believe it was last season. Um, and this was this was in the playoffs, and I lost because of this. I put Corey Davis in my lineup uh, against the Jags. You know, Ryan Tannehill against a terrible Jacksonville defense. Corey Davis has been on fire. I just I, just, I, I need 13. That's what I need. He got me five. You want to know why? Because Derrick Henry went nuts. Derrick Henry, uh, it was the Titans ran through the run. Uh, On teams that are vulnerable against the run, they're going to use Derrick Henry. And that's exactly what this matchup screams. Um, Fade Ryan Tannehill, but boost up Derrick Henry. So um, those are kind of my thoughts on the Titans there. And with the Jets, I just want to see how Zach Wilson bounces back. He's had two really rough matchups with the the Broncos and the Patriots, right? Um, Broncos? Yes. Yeah, the Broncos and the Patriots. Um, two rough matchups. The Titans are allowing 21 and a half fantasy points per game to QBs this year. Well, that bodes pretty well. Uh, and especially uh, when the Titans are allowing 50 fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. That's third most in the league. Uh, that helps if one of your wide receivers can get rolling this year, uh, rolling in this game. Uh, I expect a lot of Zach Wilson, Corey Davis in this game if they're going to keep up. Um, so I, I, Corey Davis, I think is relatively safe to have in your lineup this week. If you want to flex him, go for it. Um, there might be a few better options. Maybe if you're nervous about Zach Wilson after those, you know, if you're nervous about his psyche after those uh, week two and three, but um, ultimately the over under on this game is 45. I'm going to take the under actually. Um, I'm going to take the Titans winning 24, 17. Again, I just think they're going to run so much clock with Eric Henry. Um, Tannehill might be good for a passing score, but look, I'm going to expect Derrick Henry to Derrick Henry to dominate this game for the Titans. So uh, I'll take the under 24, 17 Titans in this game. Move on to lions and bears uh, over under on that game. According to DraftKings is 42 points uh, for the lions. I feel like this is what I'm watching for every single week, but I still want to see what the Swift and Williams backfield looks like because it's pretty split so far. DeAndre Swift has 33 rushing attempts in comparison to Williams' uh, 28 attempts. And the receiving work is a little more varied, okay? 19 receptions for Swift, 13 for Williams. And so here's the thing, right? Like, I know it sounds crazy. You're like, Lucas, they've been dominating. What do you mean you're still – like, shut up. DeAndre Swift is a set it and forget it in my lineup. He's running back three right now. Absolutely. I'm not telling you you should bench him. I'm not telling you you should, like, fear how how – Williams is going to destroy DeAndre Swift's value. That's not what I'm saying. Like you're going to lock him into your lineup. He's running back three. You have to. But I feel like I'm still waiting for the week where Jamal Williams outtouches DeAndre Swift 18 to 10. And all of a sudden we start panicking because they decided to play the hot hand that week. I feel like I'm still waiting for that week because I feel like it's bound to happen. That day may never come. I hope it doesn't. I, I really hope it doesn't. But Jamal Williams is running back 10 right now. So maybe that's why I'm also overthinking this whole thing, right? Like they're both fantasy viable. They're both top 10 running backs right now. I don't know. That's always what I'm looking for. 
I want to see if they're going to continue to favor Swift or if they truly are going to play this hot hand thing like they were talking about in the regular season. But yet they want to give Swift 20 touches a game. So many conflicting things. I think we're starting to get some answers, but I, I, I think I'm going to need at least another week or two before I'm ready to be like, yes, it is Swift over Jamal Williams, but Jamal Williams is also incredibly fantasy relevant. And it's true. I think he is. I think you can flex Jamal Williams any single week. Uh, last note, TJ Hawkinson, watch him have a bounce back game. He's the number one priority for defenses, according to him, which doesn't surprise me. He would know he's on the field playing against them and getting matched up and getting schemed against. Um, but look, that offense runs through those two running backs, TJ Hawkinson. So um, after putting up 20, 20 plus points the first two weeks um, and putting up only three last week, uh, watch for TJ Hawkinson to have a, a nice bounce back game this week. Then moving on to the Bears, um, look, this is this is a last chance game. This is uh, follow Andy Holloway from the Fantasy Footballers on uh, Twitter, uh, and he, he put out the question of, is there any, like, last straw guys for you this week? Like, are there any players that's like, this is it. If they don't perform this week, last straw, I'm getting rid of them. I think that's for everybody on this team, except for David Montgomery. Because there is literally nobody in this line secondary that can match up with Allen Robinson. The Lions are dead last in pass rush win rate pass rush win rate for those who didn't catch that at 29 percent every other team in the league is at least above 30 percent justin fields will have time to throw the football and he should be looking for Allen robinson if he isn't and Allen robinson has another dud i think it's time to bail now i'm not saying go drop him but what i'm also saying is like People are already probably trying to buy low on Allen Robinson. Um, you might literally just sell low and get what you can. So a guy with more upside, because if they can't get it done this week against the Lions, I, I don't know what other excuse you need. This defense is not good. Okay. And I hate to rip on the line. No, actually, I don't hate to rip on the lines like that. These are NFC North rivals. I'm a Vikings fan. <laughs> But look, this Lions defense is not good. David Montgomery should have himself a fine game, right? But if Matt Nagy finds this way, finds finds some way to botch this get right opportunity for his entire team, Matt Nagy needs to be gone. Okay, I don't think it has anything to do with without Robinson, with Justin Fields, with Andy Dalton. Shoot, Nick Foles finds a way onto the field. Matt Nagy needs to be gone. If he can't, if he if he botches this get right opportunity for his team, he's got to get out. Has to, he has to. So, like David Montgomery this week should be a fine play, um, man. And I really, I've been telling people it's Allen Robinson against the Lions. You got to give him a chance here. I'm gonna take the over on this game uh, at what was the over 42. I mean, I'm gonna take the over by just a few points here. 24-21 Bears win this game. Fingers crossed. They're going to find a way to botch it just because I said that. Oh, man, I can't believe it. Good thing I'm going to, I'm a Vikings fan. I'm going to be watching the Vikings game anyways. <laughs> uh, Colts and Dolphins, 41 and a half, the over-under there. Uh, starting with the Colts, I, I look, this needs to be Jonathan Taylor's week, okay? He has been abysmal up to this point. You drafted him in the first round with the upside of, like, dude, this guy could be a top three running back. That's what people are saying. Some people are more conservative, right? Like top five and, you know, tamper their expected. But there are people out there who are just like, 
Jonathan Taylor evangelist. Like the dude is incredible. He's going to get his this year. He running back four towards the end. I have running back four. I believe that's what it was towards the end of last season, whoever it was. Naeem Hines has outproduced Jonathan Taylor in fantasy points this year. And so here's why it needs to be Jonathan Taylor's week. It's because the Dolphins are allowing 39 point, 31.9 excuse me, fantasy points per game to running backs this year. That's the second most. So if there's a time to have a get-it-together game for Jonathan Taylor, it's this week. And it needs to be this week. Otherwise, fantasy managers are going to be bailing. And I think you could still buy insanely low on Jonathan Taylor because people are, are going to panic sell him at, at this point. If Naeem Hines has another has another more productive game than Jonathan Taylor. I think people are going to start bailing on Jonathan Taylor. In terms of the Dolphins, I think the biggest thing I'm looking for here is what does week two of Jacoby Brissett leading the Finns look like, right? Um, just such an odd game last week and, and odd stat line. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say, right? Like Jalen Waddle, uh, 12 receptions on 13 targets, but for only 58 yards. I mean, that's great fantasy points. Don't get me wrong, but that's nothing to write home about. <laughs> That's that's not something you're feeling great about. I don't, I don't know. It, it, how do I say this? I feel like it's not reliable, right? Yeah, at the same time, the Colts are allowing 42.9 fantasy points per game to wide receivers, which is the seventh most. But you also kind of take that with a grain of salt because it's Jacoby Brissett under center, right? <laughs> like, I don't think I'm I'm like as locked in on that, you know, fantasy points per game number when he's at quarterback throwing to these guys. So, um uh, in terms of running backs, no reason to start gasking. He's just been disappointing. I think you just need to be risk adverse with him. There's better high up, higher upside options. I think that you could start out there this week. So, um, the, notice how I have like no enthusiasm talking about this game because this is just a disgusting game to predict. Okay, neither of these teams are that exciting. There's not that much star power here, right? It's kind of like, well, you know, whatever. I guess I'll take the under and say 21-17 Colts, right? Like. <laughs> I'm not excited about this game. I'm sure the only people watching this game will probably be Indianapolis Colts fans and Miami Dolphins fans. I mean, let's be, let's be real. Uh, I was a little bit mean. I'm sorry. Uh, let's move on to the Browns and Vikings. Then over under there is 51 and a half according to DraftKings. Uh, I'll start with the Browns. I think the biggest thing is uh, can that pass rush repeat its performance it did against Chicago last week? Will this pass rush get to Kirk Cousins and throw him out of the insane groove he's been in? And, and so I feel like I can say this now because I've been thinking it since week two and going into week three and seeing how Kirk played. Since, since we, I, I should say, I've legit, uh, made this thought legitimate in my mind ever since um, the Vikings won their week three game with Seattle. If the Vikings. Don't lose in over. Don't lose uh, to the Bengals in overtime. And if they make a game-winning field goal against the Cardinals, is Kirk Cousins in the MVP conversation right now? Because the dude has been balling. Okay, he's quarterback six right now. He has put the team on his back. He has he has led them to two what should have been game-winning drives. They lost both of those games. He cut up Seattle's defense, which isn't the most difficult thing in the world to do, right? But sunk Seattle, right? Like, it, it wasn't a competition, really. Been 0-7 in the last few years. Got him their first win. He looked great. 
So can this pass rush get to Kirk Cousins? He's the best passer, according to PFF, PFF excuse me, um, graded out. Kirk grades out as the uh, best quarterback with a clean pocket, grades out 94.1 by PFF. That's first amongst QBs with a clean pocket. So anyways, I'm supposed to be talking about the Browns, but I think that's key for the Browns. Can that pass rush get to Kirk Cousins? Nick Chubb should have himself a nice day. Um, I mean, he's a lock in your lineup anyways, but Vikings are 30th in run stop win rate at 25%. Um, that ain't great. I'll give you that for free. Uh, so uh, I would imagine the, the Browns just stick to what they're good with here. Uh, ground and pound, uh, take it right to the Vikings uh, defensive line, which has been struggling recently, which which is a shame to see because they really, really revamped that line, really revamped the defense in general this year. Um, I think the other thing I'm watching for is who's going to be matched up on Odell because if it's, if it's Bashad Breeland, have yourself a field day, Odell Blackham. Oh, Breland is awful. He's so bad. I, w- I wish the Vikings would play the Buccaneers this year. Just so when I talk about in previous podcasts how Antonio Brown is going to cook those poor wide receiver threes, he'd be cooking up Rashad Breland, man. <laughs> oh, I believe he's, uh, Breland's allowing the fourth most fantasy points to his matchup. So that, that ain't great. If, if, if Breland's on Odell at all, the ball's going his way. Um, so that's what I'm looking for for the Browns. Nick Chubb probably should have himself a nice day on the ground, and who's who's matching up with Odell? In terms of the Vikings, I already mentioned it. Can they keep a clean pocket for Kirk? Right, ninety-four point one by PFF. The clean pocket that's first among quarterbacks. Great from a clean pocket this year. Um, personally, I don't think they'll be able to because our O line has looked bad. Our our, uh, our run blocking looked a lot better the past couple weeks, but man, um, I, I need to see it with our pass protection first before I'm ready to you know say we've we've drastically improved um browns are allowing the third fewest fantasy points per game to running backs this year so i seriously i think kirk's gonna have to do it all this week um i'm not expecting a big game from dalvin uh again that browns defensive line is scary okay they're good i'm not expecting a big game from dalvin i think it's gonna have to i think it's gonna have to come from the hand of kirk cousins and so with that um i'm gonna take the over on this game at 51 and a half uh, I'm going to take 31-24 Browns over the Vikings, which pains me to say, but I'm not going to let my bias get in the way of, of giving of giving realistic advice, right? Um, yeah, 31-24 Browns over the Vikings this week. That's my that's my prediction. Let's move on to the Falcons and the Washington football team. Uh, this is the perfect in terms of the Washington football team, the perfect matchup for both Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson this week. Um, this is the game to remind everybody why you spent an early draft round pick on Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. Probably spent a second rounder on Antonio Gibson. You probably spent a third on Terry McLaurin. If you're lucky like me in one of my leagues, I got a fourth round pick on him in a 12 team league. I was grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I expect this to be a game where they remind everybody you, this is what I'm capable of. This is why you lock me into your lineup every week. You're not questioning anymore. Should I start? Should I, should I even start Terry McLaurin? Should I even start Antonio Gibson? They had great games last week. Don't get me wrong, but I think this is the game that that they remind everybody why you spent early draft round picks on them and why they should be locking your lineups every week. Part of that is, I mean, we saw Saquon Barkley have 21 fantasy points against his Falcon defense last week. So, look, I think Antonio Gibson is going to be just fine. This Washington team is better. Than the, than the New York Giants. Um, and the Falcons are allowing 40, 40 fantasy points per game, two wide receivers this year. So this is going to be a great opportunity for Terry McLaurin to get back on track as well. So um, I'm expecting a big game from Washington here. 
Uh, same with the Falcons because that football team defense has not been able to stop anybody. Oh man, they're allowing the second most fantasy points for game to wide receivers at 53 and a half. So big game for Calvin Ridley coming up here. They're allowing 27.3 fantasy points per game to QBs, which is the most. So Matt Ryan shouldn't have any issues getting Calvin Ridley the ball. I think it's going to be a full passing attack because they're allowing Washington football teams allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points per game to running back. So I'm tampering expectations for Mike Davis, Cordell Patterson, though both still have value in PBR formats. Um, as I'm sure uh, if you roster either of them, you've been made well aware. They haven't been great on the ground, but uh, PPR formats have been great. So um, look, this is going to be a full out passing attack. I don't know if I'm expecting a super high scoring game because both of these offenses are still struggling a bit, but uh, with the, uh, goodness, I do my math. I did do my math right here. Uh, I wanted to make sure I was taking the right uh, over under here. So uh, at 47 and a half, uh, I'm taking the over on the Washington football team here. Uh, 20 to 24, they pull it out over the Falcons. Lock again, lock both Ridley and Terry McLaurin into your lineups this week. And Antonio Gibson, I think no, no, no hesitation there. Lock and load them. So, uh, last thought there before we move on to the Texans and the Bills over under at 47 points. And look, here's the only thing we're talking about with the Houston Texans. What's Brandon Cooks going to do? Because he's being shadowed by Tredavious White this game, probably most of this game. And I'm curious to see if his hot streak comes to an end here. Uh, or if just purely enough garbage volume is gonna is gonna be enough to make him relevant this week, I shouldn't say it, make it not make him relevant. But um, look, Tre'Davious White has been really really good against stud wide receivers this year, so that that's what I'm looking for. There's no one else worth watching on the Texans. Okay, Davis Mills, maybe David Mills. I don't know. Mills is his last name. That shows you how much I've been paying attention to the Texans. Mark Ingram, I don't think you need to worry about him. This Bills defense is just so tough, okay? It's going to be a throttling by the Bills. I'll spoil that for you because Josh Allen should rock this Texans defense. So I'm mainly focusing on the running backs here and I give what I'm watching for here. I think the biggest thing is will Zach Moss separate himself from Devin Singletary this week? I have him on our starting list this week. Uh, I think I think he could easily find the end zone again. Uh, shouldn't be hard around this this Houston defense. Though they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns this season, uh, I'm not worried about it. Uh, he outpaced Devin Singletary last week. He's been a top 15 running back the past two outings because uh, he got who's a healthy scratch week one. Look, I, I get people thinking he's TD dependent, and and he kind of has been up to this point. But outpaced Singletary, I believe he was north of 60 yards last week too. Um, look, it, it, it's a quality matchup with the Houston. They're going to jump on them early. Um, and it's going to be the run game from there on out. So, um, yeah, with how good that defense is, they're going to be running the ball a lot. I'm going to take the Bills 28 10 over the Texans this week. Fairly low scoring, but again, I think they're just going to keep the ball on the ground quite a bit, run some clock, not, not worry about blowing this team out of the water because the Texans don't have a shot. Let's be real. Moving on to the Giants and Saints, the over under there is 42 points. And look, for the Giants, it's Saquon Barkley, and that's it, okay? The Saints defense is tough. Don't see this game being particularly exciting or productive for Giants players, especially uh, with with, uh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton out, likely being out. They haven't been ruled out yet, but they haven't practiced all week. So um, I'm guessing they'll be out this week. So wouldn't expect anything from Danny Dimes. The Saints defense is good against wide receivers. You, I don't think you can start Galladay this week. 
even though he's the only wide receiver on that team, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in a rush to start him. Same with Danny Dimes. Um, look, it's Saquon Barkley. That's who I'm watching. And it's because I'm kind of forced into that corner. I don't think he's going to be all that productive, but who else am I supposed to watch? <laughs> There's nobody else to watch on that offense, okay? Uh, in terms of the Saints, this, this should just come as no surprise. I'm looking uh, – Alvin Kamara is going to show out again this week. Giants have allowed 27.5 fantasy points per game to running backs this year, which is the seventh most and the second most receiving yards to running backs. That's great news for Alvin Kamara. That's great news. For a running back who gains a ton of value with his receiving game, uh, if they're allowing the second most fantasy receiving yards uh, to running backs in every game, uh, that's only going up for Alvin Kamara's value this week. So um, obviously, right, Kamara's already a set it and forget it. I think you can feel even more at ease with him in your lineups this week, right? Like, I don't think you're not, you're not going to have to worry about a seven-point game performance like you did week two with Carolina. I had north of 20. I'd put money on it if I were a gambling man, but I'm not because I don't make that much money. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the over here. Uh, I'm 42. I'm going to say 27-17 Saints beat the Giants this week. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if this goes under and the Giants are only held to like 10 points. Um, well, I'd still be over. No, I'd, that'd be under. Man, math is hard, kids. Um, go to school. Do your homework. Um, man. Oh, it's a Friday. Can you tell? Um, Chiefs and Eagles is the next game we're getting to here. Uh, over under on that is 54, potentially a high scoring affair here. And the thing with the Chiefs is I want to see how Tyreek Hill matches up with the Eagles because he has thrown up, you know, by by his standards, two just duds the past two weeks. And the Eagles are allowing the fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. So honestly, it wouldn't surprise me to see another disappointing performance from Tyreek Hill this week, but that's not me saying it's going to happen. It's not me saying to bench him. I'm just saying, I don't think you can depend on a 20 plus point game from Tyreek Hill this week. Yeah, I don't think you can find it. I don't think you should expect an explosion from him, but this might be the week where he just chooses to defy all fantasy odds and remind everybody why he's the most explosive player um, at the position. But I'm not banking on it. I'm not banking on it. And CEH is the other guy I'm watching because he had a solid week last week. I almost had a great week, right? We're celebrating over 16 fantasy points. I feel like that shouldn't be allowed. (laughs) I want to see if he can put together back-to-back solid weeks. Oh, excuse me, against the defense that just got gashed by Ezekiel Elliott last week. Look, I get it. He's been disappointing so far. I I had high hopes for CEH this year. I thought this would be the year, right? Uh, I thought Andy Reid would kind of figure it out, get it together again, um, and, and get CH's own. But that hasn't been the case. So I want to see if he's still involved in their rushing attack. Uh, I want to see if he can if he can get up in that 15, 16 point range again this week, uh, range again this week. And obviously, you're starting Travis Kelsey. He should have another incredible week against the Eagles after they got smoked by Dalton Schultz in the middle of the field. Okay, you're, you're starting Travis Kelsey, no question. I'd expect a big game from him as well. Flip the side of the ball to the Eagles. Uh, They actually, here's what I'm looking for. Are they actually going to hand the ball off to Miles Sanders? Are they just going to fall behind again and just abandon the run entirely? Because that was, that was bad. Whopping two rushes. Oh, that was so bad. The receiving work barely salvaged his day, right? He was like eight and a half fantasy points. You don't feel great about that though. Oh, if you're oh man, I just, 
I'm glad I own zero shares of Miles Sanders because this is what exactly we were all terrified of. All three of us were terrified of coming into the year, right? Is like Nick Sirianni doesn't commit to one running back. He's going to use a committee. And and, and look, and, and I get that doesn't contribute to why Miles Sanders only had two carries last week, but still like this is just more icing on the cake of why we are avoiding Miles Sanders every single year. So anyways, I just need to get that off the chest because I feel like I wouldn't be doing Cameron enough diligence right now. Uh, in my Miles Sanders slander, as he calls it. So uh, that one was for you, Cameron. I hope uh, hope I made you at least a little bit proud. Um, look, here's the thing with Kansas City. Uh, they're along the fourth most fantasy points for getting to running backs this year. So it would make sense to get uh, Miles Sanders involved in the rushing attack this week. However, Kansas City is also along the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this year. And a subpar game from Jalen Hurts last game, right? Like he kind of just cranked it out during garbage time, right? He was still a top 10 play last week. I'm looking for Jalen Hurts to solidify his top 10 status, uh, his top 10 quarterback status this week for fantasy. I think as of recently, people have kind of been, a lot of teams, and if you're in a 10-team league, you probably have him as your quarterback too. Because he was drafted like that running running back, that quarterback, 11, 12, 13 range. And so if you're in a 10-team league, you didn't draft him as your starter. But man, I think every week you're asking the question, should I be starting Jalen Hurts this week? I think you got to lock him into your lineup this week. Uh, the over-under in this game was 54. And I'm taking the over here every game so far. The Chiefs have taken the over that now. have taken over 54 fantasy points. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs 34-24 in this game to beat the Eagles. Moving on to the Panthers and Cowboys. Then this game is at 51 and a half. Uh, the over-under and the Panthers. The main guy I'm watching here is DJ Moore. Trevon Diggs has just been shut down so far this year. Look, you can talk about you know two receptions for 72 yards when guarding Keenan Allen, but against Mike Evans, Devonta Smith last week. I mean, Devonta Smith is, you know, a rookie, but still. Shut down Devonta Smith, shut down Mike Evans, limited Keenan Allen to two receptions. I think DJ Moore is going to get that treat that, that that Trayvon Diggs treatment this this week. DJ Moore's been averaging 19.2 fantasy points per game, currently the wide receiver nine in PPR formats. So look, I don't I don't think DJ Moore will repeat that this week. I think it'll be too tough. But yet at the same time, I don't think I can sit here and tell you that I'm confident in Robbie Anderson this week either, even though. Even though he's struggled or he's struggled. He's up against Anthony Brown. He has struggled too, but he's up against Anthony Brown who has just been dreadful against wide receiver twos this year, right? I want this to be Robbie Anderson's get right game because he might arguably be the disappointment of the year so far. Reunited with Sam Darnold. Oh, he was a top 20 wide receiver last season. This is the perfect, the perfect matchup for him to make sure fantasy managers actually keep him on his roster. Not that he actually cares about that, right? Like, I don't think any professional athlete is like, oh, hope I perform well enough today to make sure Lucas keeps me on his fantasy roster this next week. I don't think anybody's saying that, but Robbie Anderson's a professional athlete. He wants his, okay? Uh, He's been struggling. It's frustrating. This is the perfect game for him to get right. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking for Trayvon Diggs to be on DJ Moore most of the game, have a little bit lower expectations for DJ Moore this week, um, but also not raising your expectations for Robbie Anderson, but expecting this game 
um, for him to actually get back on track this game. I think that those are the two things I'm watching for for the Panthers. And in terms of the Cowboys, look, I think there's one guy who all eyes are on here. After a massive week one, week one performance and two forgettable performances in week two and three, it's, it's Amari Cooper, okay? This Carolina defense is tough, like T-U-F-F, right? I know I spelled that wrong, but like tough. I'd add a few more Fs even. But we also know how explosive this Dallas offense is, right? CeeDee Lamb has been fine, right? His point values have been decreasing every week, but still he had this great, he had 23-point game week one, had 17 week two. That was a little bit underwhelming this past week, but still, but when when you're attacking the middle of the field and on the ground, like you're not going to attack the perimeter as much. So it makes sense, right? I'm not worried about CeeDee Lamb. Amari Cooper, I am a little bit worried about uh, in terms of Ezekiel Elliott, I wouldn't expect anything from him this game. Like, like when I say I wouldn't expect anything, I wouldn't expect anything. Um, Carolina's allowing only eight fantasy points per game to running backs this year, and that's the fewest in the NFL. You're still going to put him in your lineup, though, because you kind of have to, right? Like, I, nobody in their right mind is going to tell you to start Zach Moss over Ezekiel Elliott this week, okay? Right? <laughs> Nobody's telling you that you should be starting Chuba Hubbard over Ezekiel Elliott this week, okay? Ezekiel Elliott is still in your lineup. Because if you, he has such a good chance to fall into the end zone, and that saves you your week right there. So, anyways, uh, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna expect somewhat of a high scoring affair here. I mean, the over under is at 51 and a half, which is already pretty high scoring. Uh, but I'm gonna say 35 24. Cowboys beat the Panthers. That's a little, I, I haven't checked if that's an upset or not, but I think the Panthers would be the popular pick here uh, based on how well their defense is played and. Um, based on how their offense has really been flourishing recently, especially against a weak, a weaker Dallas defense, not as bad as we give them credit, as we make them out to be. But um, look, I, I'll I'll take the Cowboys this week. Feeling a little risky. Uh, I'll take the Cowboys 35-24 with Dak having a big game this week. Let's move on to the Seahawks in 49ers. That game's again. Uh, game two is at 51 and a half. Wow, I sounded so Minnesota in there. Half. 51 and a half. I think with the Seahawks, are they going to let Russ cook this week? Okay. It was, it was bad last week. Uh, maybe not bad, but they let Russ sling it around right away at the beginning of the game. Oh, it was bad news for the Vikings. It was bad news bears. And then, and then the Vikings got it together. Uh, are they going to let, let Russ sling it around a little bit this week? Or are they going to lean on Chris Carson in the run game more? Because here's the thing, San Francisco is allowing the fifth most fancy points per game to QBs this year, but the fourth most fancy points per game to running backs. So I don't know what the game plan is going to be here. And part of, part of the thing with San Francisco is they just got absolutely just dumped on by Detroit week one, right? I think they let up like 49 fancy points between uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams week one. Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, because Jamal had 20, 47 fantasy points because Jamal had 25 and, and DeAndre Swift had 22. So I don't know. I don't know where they're going to look. My guess is that is that they're going to let Russ sling it around a little bit. Waldron's going to let let Russ cook a little bit. Um, look, it was just abysmal against the Vikings, okay? It, it was dismal. There, there was nothing great about it. They just looked off and out of sync. I think this is a good game to get that get that right again and to get the Seahawks clicking on all fronts. In terms of the 49ers, I mean, I feel like this is just low-hanging fruit because it probably is. But what's that, like, what, how do we judge this backfield for fantasy? This whole 
Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon drama is just like, I don't know, maybe if you're, if you're a camp, <clears throat> like, right. Like they heard they liked both. You heard they liked both players, right? It, it's not a shock that you know, both are on the roster or anything, but it's the fact that Mitchell's ahead of Sermon, but now Mitchell's hurt and he's coming back. Maybe he's practiced this week. So Elijah Mitchell might be back, but Trey Sermon played last week. He didn't look bad, but he didn't look great either. He didn't do enough to like solidify uh, his role as the lead back in this offense. So I want to see if Elijah Mitchell dominates touches in his first week back if he plays, or if we just literally can never count on the 49ers offense. And every time you put one of their running backs in your lineup, you're just praying that, (laughs) that they're the one who gets, you know, 18 touches this week, right? So I don't know. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how that pans out, most because there's just not a lot in the 49ers. Look, there's Devo Samuel and George Kittle, right? I want to see if Devo Samuel can get back on track after a not, not a brutal game against the Packers, but was limited. Five for 55, I believe. Five for 51, I believe. I think that's what it was. Whatever it was. Devo Samuel's limited. George Kittle came back. Look, and, and George Kittle's going to be fine. You kind of have to put him in your lineup regardless. Uh, well, over-unders at 51 and a half. Uh, I'm taking the Niners here. Uh going over 30 to 24 the Niners beat the Seahawks here I think that the Niners front line um, is it's tough okay and I know Russ is used to running for his life but I think that Niners D-line um, helps him out helps him helps elevate them uh, to, to limit Russ in some way so Cardinals and Rams are next we're getting towards the end of our game here I feel like I've just been flying through these but I want to make sure to get through all the games possible hopefully um, like I said give you all some analysis and, and hopefully some help on who you're putting in your lineup this week, um, who you can probably fade a little bit. So anyways, Cardinals and Rams, over-unders at 54 and a half there, according to DraftKings. Things with the Cardinals, all eyes are on Kyler Murray this week. and How he handles that Rams defense. I've had people in, in, the t- in, our, in our TikTok comments, because I had said to, I had said to bench Ryan Tannehill um, in our TikToks um, and start Jalen Hurts. And one of the most popular comments, one of the more popular, not the most, one of the more popular was Kyler or insert other quarterback here. And in my mind, I'm thinking, are you crazy? You're you're contemplating benching the number one quarterback in fantasy football right now. And the counter argument to that is, it's the Rams. It's the Rams. Tom Brady put up. 432 and a QB4 finish on them last week. They're not as formidable as we're making them out to be. Especially for the quarterback one of fantasy football right now. Like I look, I like I get their defense is good. The Rams are, I would say they're the best team in football right now. I get that. But Tom, Tom Brady, who has no rushing upside, quarterback four, 432 passing yards, had his way. Give me Kyler Murray still all day. I want to see how he handles his Rams defense. I think it's going to be another awesome game this week. In terms of the Rams, I just want to see how they attack this Cardinals defense because uh, their weakness right now is the run. I Look, I get they slowed down Derrick Henry week one. I think it was 58 yards week one. Um, let's be real. The Titans stopped themselves week one. That Titans offense was like made you want to puke week one. It was bad. Oh, so bad. 131 yards to Dalvin Cook. Uh, I believe it was 80, oh boy, it was 80 plus rushing yards 
to James Robinson in week three. Over 200 yards of rushing the past two weeks. So maybe they attack the the Cardinals with the run. Maybe we should expect a big game from Daryl Henderson. Or I fix things if they ain't broke because Stafford to Cup has been unstoppable. And what's the thing? They won't tear it up again against Arizona too. They got so many options. So I'm I'm, I'm curious to see um, how, how they're going to beat Arizona this week, right? Oops, spoiled my pick. Um, I, I want to see how the Rams are going to beat Arizona this week. If it's going to be on the ground, if it's going to be through the air, or if they're going to find the right balance between both and you know keep this more more low scoring than I expect it to be. But I'm taking the over on 54 and a half, actually. Uh, 34-28 Rams beat the Cardinals this week. That is my prediction. Steelers and Packers, next game we're going to get to here. Uh, we have four games left, including the Monday Night Football game. So uh, Steelers and Packers. Look, the Steelers are tough, man. Uh, tough as in, like, I, I don't like talking about them right now because how do you talk about a team that can still have massive production in fantasy while just being so abysmal? Their passing offense has just been, oh, it's so bad. It's so tough to watch. So that's what I'm looking for. How active is Najee Harris in the passing game this week? 19 targets last week. Oh, man. See a 10 plus again this week? Because all the Steelers wide receivers are ailing an injury of some kind. I believe Claypool was questionable earlier this week. I don't own him in any leagues or have him on my teams in any leagues, so I haven't really truthfully looked. I know he was earlier this week. Juju Smith is still ailing an injury. Deontay Johnson, he's not, I, don't, I believe he's not questionable. I believe he was practicing this week. He should be back for, for week four. But if any Steelers wide receiver misses time, that passing game is not getting any better. So if the Steelers have any shot in this game, it's going to be with their defense and with Najee Harris in the passing game, ironically enough, because they have not been able to run the ball this year. And on to the Packers. Look, it, this is going to sound like a stupid question. But can Devontae Adams take advantage of a Steelers secondary, allowing nearly 45 fantasy points per game to wide receivers? I'll give you this one for free. He will. Give me the Packers 28-13. I'm going to take the under on this game. The under is 45 and a half. Um, Yeah, and I'm going to take the under on. I'm going to take 41 points scored in this game. 21-13 Packers win. In Lambeau, I believe. Yeah, Steelers at Packers. In Lambeau, Packers take care of business. We'll move on to the Ravens and the Broncos then. The over-under is 44 and a half on this game. Uh, with the Ravens, I look. <laughs> I'm watching them as a whole, okay? Because <laughs> here's the thing. Here's this Denver defense, like, you know, I, I had said someone's defense was tough earlier. I can't remember whose it was. But, the, like, the Broncos, like, the, more emphasis, okay? Like, tough. Look, you sound like an idiot right now. Yeah, I probably do. I know. I'm talking into a microphone by myself in my bedroom <laughs> with my wife on a Zoom call while she's at PA school right now out in our living room. I'm just saying tough into a microphone. Oh, <laughs> uh, but here's the thing with Denver, okay? Their defense assists and how the Ravens are going to choose to attack. 
Denver's allowing the fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, the second fewest to running backs, the third fewest to tight ends, and the 10th fewest to wide receivers. Oh, boy. This is a, I'm not going to say tough, this is a brutal defense to play against. So how in the world do the Ravens expect to attack this? Because the great, the Ravens game is just run the ball. Run, 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 run. Okay, make Lamar throw every once in a while, but Lamar's throwing splits are just ugh, ugly this year. Um, we're talking like outside the top 20 in the league. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens just stick to what they do best and run the ball until Denver wears down on defense. Because I, I look, the Ravens don't match up here well whatsoever. Like, it's not like, at least if, if, if this was like Aaron Rodgers or something, right? At least I could see 10th fuse to wide receivers and I could at least throw a dart and say, yeah, Devontae Adams will probably, they'll, they'll probably run through Devontae Adams this game. I can't say that because the, the Ravens don't have that. Sure, Hollywood Brown had a first good couple of games here, but like against the Broncos, or not the Broncos, the, the Lions last week, he had his worst game. And I mean, he should have had a better game. Don't get me wrong. Against the Chiefs, that was a shootout to begin with. Raiders, that was a shootout too. This Broncos team doesn't get into shootouts. That's not their game. So I, I, I want to see how the Ravens attack the Broncos this week. Now, on the flip side of that, the Broncos then, uh, I think what I'm looking for here is I want Javante Williams to make a statement to claim this backfield as his own this week because it's been a literal back and forth between him and Melvin Gordon of who's the better running back between them, right? Uh, we've seen more efficiency out of Javante Williams. Uh, but last week we saw far more production out of Melvin Gordon. They both found the end zone. But I want Javante Williams to make this his week because the Ravens are allowing 28.8 fantasy points per game to running backs this year, which is the sixth most in the league. I'd expect Denver to attack primarily on the ground against the Ravens this week. Um Noah Fant's an interesting play here too. Granted, you're probably starting him in your lineup anyways, but the Ravens allow the most fancy points to tight ends. Uh, I'd, I'd expect Noah Fant to be in that mix. Um, expect Noah Fant to have a good week here. I'd, I'm, I'd say he finds the end zone this week too. So those are the two things I'm looking for. Noah Fant to have uh, a really good week this week and um, Denver to attack them on the ground. So um, I'm going to take the under on this game. Again, this is just going to be a defensive battle. I don't think it's it's not going to be a shootout, not a high score game. 44 and a half seems really high to me. Uh, I'll take the under here. Broncos win 21-17 against the Ravens. Let's move on to Sunday night football. And this is a game that I am excited for. Buccaneers at the Patriots. Over under at 49, according to DraftKings. Look, the Buccaneers, if you're not watching the Goat and Gronk, in this matchup, then you're just not a fan of football. Okay. Like I hate to tell you, if that's not what you're looking for and watching for in this game, first time the duo back in Foxborough. That's an electric narrative, man. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, I don't think I need to say anything more about the Bucks other than that. Obviously with the Patriots, right? There's the flip side of how does Belichick handle Brady, but that doesn't really talk about um, the fancy relevance of anybody on the Patriots. So I think the other thing I'm looking for is what does this Patriots offense look like without James White? Max looked ugly. looks pretty. He, oh, wow. Words, Lucas. Holy smokes. Max looked good out of the shotgun this year. And the Patriots are going to have to sling the ball around if they're going to keep up with the Bucks' passing attack. 
I'd expect to see quite a bit of gun this week. Maybe maybe Bill tries to to let Matt cut loose a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I know I got rid of you at forty, but man, look at this look at this good twenty, this good rookie I got here. Look at him sling the ball around on your defense. I feel like Belichick's got to have a better plan than that, but but what if? I think it's intriguing. That's what I'm looking for. I want to see how Mac plays this week against a against a defense that you're going to have to throw against to keep up with Tom Brady. So uh, over under 49 and a half. I'm taking the over bucks, 35 Patriots, 17 bucks winning on Sunday night football. Brady in his first game back in Foxborough, making a statement. And lastly, we got Monday night football Raiders and chargers. The over under at 52 here. And then with the Raiders, it's can Derek Carr keep up this hot streak. He's QB nine in fantasy right now, facing a Chargers defense that's allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points for the end of quarterbacks. That's just a narrative I love. Okay, it's it's not even like, look, this guy's going to pop off this week. Like legitimately, when people ask me, like, should I put Derek Carr in my starting lineup this week? I'm like, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yep, no, I don't know. Admittedly. I think there's better options out there this week, so I really don't think you should put him in your lineup. But also when you're talking about a top 10 fantasy quarterback over someone who's been struggling or has an even tougher matchup this week, right? Look, I I, I want to see how Derek Carr handles that. I think they're probably going to have to be passing a lot again. Uh, so I would I would bank on Derek Carr having another good game this week, but I, I don't know if I'd be super quick to start him. So with the Chargers then, uh Look, uh, this is just comes down to, I just want to see Mike Williams again, man. He has been electric for the first three weeks. I want to see it for a fourth. Okay. And that's not a, I'm not bought in on Mike Evans because trust me, I am dudes. Like I said, electric, they're finally using him to his capabilities. And I want to see if he can keep that up against his Raiders defense, which is actually proven to be more tough than we've expected this year. So Ah, uh, look, I want to see if Mike Williams can continue to outpace Keenan Allen of fantasy because early on in this off season, all of us fellas, the three of us have been insanely high on Keenan Allen. Mike Williams. Oh man. He's been so, so good. I want to see if he can choose to outpace Keenan Allen for, for fantasy points. So uh, I'm going to take the over in this game. I actually going to take the Raiders 31, 24 over the chargers this week and that's it that covers the sunday slate uh hopefully able to give y'all some insight there uh cover all the games get some guys in your lineup so you might feel like oh maybe i should flip those around a little bit give you a little bit of a thursday night recap since we haven't been able to do that so far this year uh this was fun i'm looking forward to to hopefully this will be a uh not this specifically but uh, future weeks. Uh, oh boy. The future podcast that I'm on will be much shorter, right? I'm going start sit Saturdays. That's what we're going to call it. Start sit Saturday, uh, with player props, um, start sit Saturday plus player props. That's literally what it's going to be called. Um, a lot of alliteration there. So have fun trying to get that tongue twister out to anybody you share our podcast with, uh, which by the way, you can find on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, make sure to follow us on the socials as well. Uh, FF fellas on Twitter, the FF fellas on Instagram, fantasy football fellas on Facebook, YouTube. Hey, like I said, you know, I'm going to check right now, actually, because I can, I'm going to see if we've hit 17. We're at 16.9 earlier today. And I want to see if we've hit 17 K on TikTok. 
Give me one second here. I got to refresh. Oh, we're still at 16.9. Help get us a 17K. Go follow us on TikTok if you don't already. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have Cameron and Tyler back uh, uh, on Wednesday and Friday next week. Uh, Hey, I'll be back tomorrow with some start-sit suggestions for y'all. So with that, enjoy your weekend. Uh, Enjoy another weekend of football. If you're a college football fan, enjoy that. But for now, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Jesus.